0: Jay JNeva Let's start with the Nokar mantra Om Nam Arihantanam Om Namo Siddhanam Om Namo Arihantam Om Namo Jayanam Nahor goe sab saho Eso pancha namakarah Sab pav pravasana Manalanchas alwaysi paramanha mangalam karaman bhavai mangalam So I thought after last week's talk about money, this week would be a good time to talk about non-attachment, which is, of course, one of the five minor vows of householders. As you know, this class has always been about how to take Jainism out of the classroom and into your life uh, to improve the quality of your life. So the first step to improve the quality of your life via non-attachment is to take it out of your vocabulary. That is. Stop talking about your likes and dislikes. So it's surprising how much of our communications revolve around talking about our likes and dislike and how people use it as a proxy for their personality. So it's common to engage in conversations like, what do you like to do in your free time? You know, uh, what do you like to eat? What do you like to watch? What do you like to read? Come on in. Uh, Where do you like to travel? We were just talking about that. And how do you like your job? Right? Today we're talking about non-attachment. And how people use it as a proxy for their personalities. That is what their likes and dislikes are. So the answers to all those questions do not define you, who you are. But society thinks that it does. Uh, In fact, the answers to those questions have no probative value whatsoever to who you are. But society thinks that the answer to those questions define the entirety of who you are. So once you start to take these likes and dislikes out of your vocabulary, it's like you start to feel like you're waking up from the matrix, all right? You start to realize that that's all people talk about. (laughs) That's all people think about. And that's all people do. They rearrange their lives to accommodate this concept of what I like and what I don't like. So more importantly, once you start to take this kind of attachment out of your vocabulary, you start to take it out of your actions. And then you start to take it out of your thoughts. Usually it's the other way around, right? It's it's always, you know, thoughts, speech, actions, right? So you would think that, okay, let's do the actions first, and then we'll stop talking about it. And then we'll stop thinking about it. You go like that, but it's not true. This, in this instance, is not true. First, you stop talking about it. Then you start realizing, oh, I need to stop doing this too. And then you start realizing the last one, the hardest one is I need to stop thinking about this. Like who cares what I like and dislike the le- the person that should care the least is me. So, uh, once you start taking it, of course, out of your vocabulary and your actions, you supercharge your samvar, which is, does anybody remember what sambar is? So burning off a karma or? blocking off the influx of karma. Deport. You supercharge your karma, your samvar, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. allow yourself to participate mm-hmm. in more nirdra, because you're just not worried and you're not wasting your thoughts on what you like and dislike. Um, so let's do the same experiment as last week, okay? So take out your wallet and uh, take out a $20 bill. Okay, so we're going to look at it. Very familiar, everybody knows what it looks like. And how do you feel when you look at it? It doesn't look like a piece of paper, does it? It looks like the value that it represents, right? (coughs) Okay, now imagine you ripped it up. And how that would make you feel. Because we're attached to this money, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, let's go a step further and uh, put your fingers on the top as if you're going to rip it up. Okay? It's very hard to think about ripping it up, right? Right? Yeah. Because why? Why would we do that, right? Okay. Now rip it up. Okay. Let's rip up our money. (laughs) All right. So if you didn't rip it up, that's a moral and spiritual failing on your part. Okay. Now, I know you're mad at me for saying that. And that's okay.
1: No, that's right. What you're (laughs) saying is right. I'm not mad. (laughs) What you said
0: is correct. But I'm the only one in your life challenging you to be better. Okay. Because I care about you. Everybody else thinks you're a great person. And you are. But I know that you can be better, okay? So now I brought these plastic bags and I'm going to hand out these plastic bags, okay? And so what I want you to do is, I want you to put your ripped up money in this plastic bag, all right? And I want you to put it in your wallet, okay? And I hope that every time you look in, you open your wallet to buy something you don't need, you'll see this money. This will be your physical reminder. Okay, your physical mindfulness reminder that you took a vow of non-attachment. And I hope that you see it every time you open your wallet. How do it feel to rip up this money? I like
1: it. Better? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, Feels you, good. Yeah. I felt good. Absolutely. You know, the interesting thing is physically being in front of you sometimes doing it versus if you're paper money. But sometimes we do lose paper money right and we, uh, we just shrug it off
0: right mm-hmm.
1: Whereas this was a little different because it was physically in your hand like it's tangible it's in my hand if I lose it or, or you lose jewelry you lose money you are more uh, attached to it than, the, than on the paper which right. is in your account and physically is there but you just don't see it right
0: Right Physical. Anybody else? So the for the people that didn't rip up their money, how did that feel? Great.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that is going to be my
0: reminder when I will tear that. And well, get put the money bed. you didn't rip up in the plastic right. bag. Yeah, I did that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's a reminder. <laughs> that to remind you that you have you, uh, can you scheduled your- to rip <laughs> it up. <laughs> yes, you, don't have <laughs> one. You, you scheduled. Remember, you scheduled to rip it up, and then one day. When you come back, show me the plastic bag with the money ripped up in it. Because that's on your to-do list now, is to rip up this money that's in this plastic bag. So what's the point of all this, right? How does non-attachment increase the quality of your life? Well, uh, by several ways. First, you're less likely to cause violence, right? We we choose violence over the things we're attached to. Uh, You're less likely to experience suffering and you're going to lower your stress. This is the big one, the big practical one for you. That is, you will lower the stress in your life by practicing non-attachment. The third one, you can concentrate on the things that actually matter, rather than wasting your brain cycles concentrating on things that don't matter. Um, You know, you're less likely to hurt other people's feelings. You're less likely to hurt your wife's feelings when you practice non-attachment, right? Um, So not only does non-attachment Reinforce the other four vows that we take, um, but it supercharges your ability to, to perform Nijur, as we discussed uh, so you'll stop being controlled by your emotions as you know um, as you know, um, we are constantly controlled by our emotions, and this is one weapon we have against our emotions. Um, you won't be attached to the outcomes of things that is you'll be free from a lot of times we feel. Anxiety because we don't know how things are going to unfold. Certain situations, certain circumstances, and even our life. Like how much easier would my life be if I knew, hey, I'm gonna live to 75, I'm gonna die in this way, and then I would just take it easy until then, right? If if I knew what was going to happen in my life, I would be stress-free, right? And so a lot of times we feel anxiety about that. So Once we start practicing non-attachment, that anxiety will go away. You'll be more peaceful, less neurotic. And if once you, if you're more peaceful, your relationships will improve. You'll feel a sense of freedom because you're no longer a slave to your mind. I don't think that that's hyperbolic language. Uh, You'll feel a sense of wholeness because you're happy in the present moment. We always talk about living in the present moment. This will be one way to do it. So these things are all connected, right? All of these ideas are connected, but we're looking at it through the lens of non-attachment. In fact, you could get to the same place via multiple avenues. If you decide to concentrate on one thing or another, some people might concentrate on karma, right? And they might get to all the way to where they're going by practicing that. Some people might practice non-attachment and they get to all the way they're going just by practicing non-attachment because you learn all the other lessons along the way when you just concentrate on one. Some people might concentrate on only telling the truth. They might take a vow. I'm just going to tell the truth in my life. And they make all these other same realizations along the way. You'll no longer be addicted to getting things which is filling an empty hole inside of yourself um, because you're content and you don't feel like Material things or relationships are necessary to complete you. You're happy within yourself. You feel more connected to life because you're not lost in thought. How much time do we waste thinking about rearranging our lives to maximize what we like and minimize what we don't like? You'll feel gratitude, love, compassion, and happiness permeate your life as you have let go of the need to chase happiness, which creates unhappiness. So pretty strong language there. So does anybody want, is any questions about how this can improve? And I'm not talking about your next life. I'm not talking about getting rid of your karma. So eventually one day you'll get to more. I'm talking about increasing the quality of your life today, increasing the quality of your life tomorrow by practicing non-attachment. So any questions? Does anybody not believe you can increase the quality of your life in this life? And in this hour, and in the next hour, when you go home, you can increase the quality of your life by practicing non-attachment. So let's take a minute to think about the things in our life that we're attached to and how to let them go. And this is a great goal for our goal sheet, right? Like, uh, th- that would be great is if we took the five vows and we put them on the goal sheet and we made one goal for each vow. So if we pretended we did that, what would be your goal for non-attachment? Would it be? Hey, stop watching less football. Okay. Maybe that would be mine. What would your goal be for non-attachment?
1: Before maybe I can answer or even think of, I have one question. Mm-hmm. How is the dislike becomes an attachment? We said this is my likings, start my attachment, very clear, mm-hmm. but if somebody says this is I don't like this.
0: I don't like that. How that becomes an attachment. So you avoid, you avoid that thing instead of allowing things to happen. So let's say we dislike a certain food. Okay. And our wife makes it for us. Then we say, I don't like it. And we push the plate away. You know, I don't like it. You have caused violence in your life. You have caused violence to your wife. This kind of mental and emotional violence, and that begets violence. Because she holds a grudge on you and then um, it spirals out of control from there. And that could have been avoided if you simply don't care about your dislikes. Well, I had, this was in front of me. If you concentrate on, my wife made this for me. This was in front of me. She put it in front of me. If you think about that while you're eating it, then and if you um, reject liking and disliking things, then you have avoided that accumulation of your karma. You're causing, accumulating her karma for that. You've avoided all of it. Yeah, true on that example. But the example, if I think, is I like quietness, peacefulness. So I don't like noisy environment. Right. So how is that? If you don't like a noisy environment, you have increased your mental suffering for when you're in noisy environments that you can't get out of. Like we're in right here, we're in this environment, this is supposed to be a place for us to concentrate on our spirituality and it's so noisy, Mm -hmm. but guess what, if you just avoided that, you can still meditate in a place like this with people talking all around, you can still do anything that you wanted to do in the noisy environment, but because you had that dislike, you caused yourself suffering and you prevented yourself from working on yourself. Um, okay. So other questions. Thanks to everybody who's joining us. We're talking about attachment today. All right. So you can generally think of attachment as coming in three categories, material attachment, personal attachment, and thought attachment. So material attachment is probably pretty easy. Um, uh, we're talking about material possessions. Um, so what you have to realize is, of course, material possessions are meaningless and transient. That is, we can't base our happiness off of material possessions. I think that uh, everybody understands this. Um, you can't base your happiness on having a certain house or a certain car or certain clothes. You can't base your happiness on having a certain phone. You, and, but don't dream about living in a bigger house. Don't dream about having a more expensive car, right? Don't dream about, don't look forward to the next time you go shopping, right? Because that's taking you out of the present moment, you know? And obviously the reverse is true. Sometimes your house will be hit by a flood or hit by a hurricane, and you'll have a lot of suffering because you're attached to physical possessions. Um, And then of course, you're uh, extreme, extremely unhappy when you can't get the things that you've been dreaming about and been wanting. So, uh, I think a lot of us understand not to base our happiness on material possessions. The next one is personal attachment. That is, uh, don't be attached to people. Um, and that the reverse is true. Don't hate people. Right. Um, uh, a lot of us fall into the trap of using uh, a lot of us say, oh, I know, I know. Happiness comes from within. But then we base our happiness on other people. That is, we give control of our happiness to other people and we suffer for that. Um, a lot of the, our family is a big one. Like, if the wife's not happy, I'm not happy, right? Well, your life shouldn't be like that. And it shouldn't be like that from her end, too. If you're not happy, she's not happy. If your kids are not happy, you're not happy. It shouldn't be like that. Uh, and once you don't let other people's happiness perturb your own. You will be the source of stability in your family, right? And they will realize they cannot uh, emotionally perturb you or even manipulate you. And they will come to rely on you. That's got its own challenges, but that's better than you uh, moving with the wind in the emotional storm of your family. Okay?
1: But, I mean, as you say that, but isn't our... Mm -hmm. Goal of our life is to, if I exaggerate a little bit, is to keep our family happy. No, the goal of your life is to do as much Nidra as possible. I, that's true.
0: In, that, that is a fact. My sure, class. yeah. And that this class has always been about taking Jainism out of the classroom. There's not two things. There's not my life here and Jainism <laughs> over here. And you can't say, well, that's true in Jainism, but that's not true in my life. This is what we're trying to do today.
1: Unfortunately, I mean, at least I, I feel that way our ultimate goal uh, of our life has become to keep our kids uh, happy. Mm-hmm. And in the quest of that, we don't even know uh, or we tend to forget the ultimate Nijera that we're supposed to be doing.
0: Right. And I certainly understand. And it will all make sense if you believe you're a soul and not a body. And if you believe that your children are souls that have been alive as in, in existence, as long as you have, right? Yeah. Uh, they're certainly their body looks different. Certainly their brain is different. Their brain is not capable of understanding or understanding as much complexity as yours. But their soul is the same, right? So um, if, you're, if we're able to do that, then we will radically shift how we view
1: our own life, right? But in, in a way, in a society right now, i would be a cruel parent if I'm not working or trying hard to keep my kid's life happy. Well, that's a different thing, okay? So you ask what the purpose
0: of life is. That's that's a different thing than what my responsibility to my children are. I certainly agree you have a responsibility to your children. I certainly agree that you have... uh, Jainism doesn't say to cut your kids off, right? Until you're ready. Like, if you take Diksha, that's what you have to do. Hey, come on in. Um, But as a householder, right? Our textbooks and scriptures certainly agree that you have a responsibility to your children, to educate them and teach them from right from wrong and things like that. I'm not saying you don't, but you make it seem like I'm saying you don't because you asked me what the purpose of life is. And I said, it had nothing to do with your children.
1: No, I'm just saying that I, when you mention that, I completely agree with the concept of not attachment. It's just that. The, the way we live nowadays, and that's what I, you know, how, how can we practice this outside of this class, is, uh, you know, if I have to make a choice between two, uh, let's say, you know, doing Nergira for myself, and I'll take an example of doing an ambil, where I come here and, and do the ambil or go to a cricket match to watch Nirek and Jeremy play. Mm-hmm. And I sort of, uh, if I have to make that uh, decision, I know from a Mirjara standpoint, Ambir is is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Whereas, uh, you know, watching my kids play cricket, partly I'm attached to them. How, how can I convince myself it's not it's okay not to be there and, and do my karma Mirjara.
0: Okay. (laughs) So it's all about balance, right? You are allowed to have time for yourself to work on yourself for your spiritual goals. Your kids are allowed to have time for themselves too. So let's talk about making those times align so you can do your iron bill and you can go to the cricket match. So it's all about balance in your life to do that. It's not, you presented it as a dichotomy, but it's not. It's certainly the balance can be too far in one direction. That is, you can be too neglectful for your children because you're working on yourself. Or you can be too neglectful for the spiritual progress you have to make in this life because you're working with your children. So you can see how it could go too far in either direction, but it's about finding the balance.
1: Or third option is you do first and still win the match.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a good way out. So when we have too much of a personal attachment, we feel lost and alone without this uh, unconditional support of someone. We feel... a lot tremendous amount of suffering if somebody stops loving us. Uh, We hold grudges against people and we find it very hard to forgive them. Um, We're needy and we're clingy because we need this kind of emotional support that we cannot find within ourselves and that makes us become manipulative and also be manipulated. Um, We engage in self-destructive behaviors, emotional behaviors because we need this person in our life and we cannot live without them and that gives them power over us to treat us very badly and uh, obviously it's a it can lead to an abusive situation. So thanks for joining us, we were talking about non-attachment today. We ripped up some money. If you'd like to rip up some money, I'll give you a plastic bag to put it in. Uh, we talked about the material attachment, personal attachment. We're going to talk talk about um, uh, thought attachment here in a second. Um, we Attachment is, of course, one of the five minor vows of householders. Who knows what the other four vows are? Non-attachments, number one. Non-stealing. Non-stealing. Non-violence. Non-violence. Celibacy. Celibacy.
1: Greeding. Yes. Number four.
0: Non lying is the fifth one. Non lying is the fifth one. Okay, so let's talk about thought attachment. This is the hardest one to get your mind around. Um, Because we think that our thoughts are ourselves. And it's hard to understand how we could get attached to thoughts. But you can, you can get attached to ideas. You can get attached to being in one like political idea, it's easy to see, and thinking all the others are wrong. That's an attachment that you have, right? Um, when we're attached to our thoughts, sometimes we think, I'm always like this and I can never change, or those people are always like that and they can never change, or all of these people behave in this type of way. Okay. So. When I said to take non-attachment out of your vocabulary, good words to take out of your vocabulary are should, right, wrong, good, evil, always, never, forever, they're all, you're all, I'm always, they're always, you're always, you're never, they're never, words like that. If you start taking those words out of your vocabulary, you'll start realizing that um, you are attached to your thoughts. That is You identify with your thoughts so much that you may not even understand it. When I tell you that your thoughts are not yourself. And a lot of times, usually we grow out of this when we're kids, but we, we think that if we had the thought, it must be right because we're right because we're a good person and we had the thought and it must be a good thought. That of course is a very childish way of thinking because oftentimes we get proved wrong our thought gets proved wrong. And then we realize that we're fallible. That, that comes a, as a big surprise to children that I could be wrong um, about what I was thinking. Um, uh, some people don't grow out of that and some people don't realize that they are not their thoughts. If you struggle with the thought attachment, then um, you try to uh, believe certain people are all alike. You try to figure everything out uh, all the time you think you have things figured out and you're not open to being wrong um, you're judgmental towards yourself and others uh, you stereotype people which we've talked about you believe in that the world is black and white or certain issues are black and white um, and you feel controlled by your thoughts that is your thoughts make you sad bitter angry or jealous have you ever done that have you ever like everything was fine and then you thought about something and you felt bad Because whatever you thought about was sad or bad or, and it might be through your life or it might be what's going on in the world or something like that. Have you ever done that? That you made yourself feel bad and everything was going fine. Right? So that means you're attached to your thoughts, right? You're not letting them go. Because remember, you are not the originator of your thoughts. Your thoughts are spontaneously provided by your subconscious to your conscious mind, and you have no control over that. You only control, um, whether. Uh if you're attached don't let yeah, attached to the thoughts. You only control the if X you ones. don't yeah, let sure that class go. Come on. Hey, no problem. Come on in. Thank I you for coming. Uh, we're talking about non-attachment today. Uh, we ripped up some money, so if you wanna put if you wanna rip up a twenty dollar bill and see how you're <laughs> feeling, we can do that. You can put it in a little plastic bag <laughs> and you can put it in your wallet. And that will remind you how much you're attached to money and I especially want you to look at it. When you open up your wallet and you're ready to buy something you don't need and you see that and you say, I shouldn't buy this thing. (laughs) Um, So we're talking about being attached to thoughts, right? Okay, so questions about that.
1: One question. When you were hearing the words not to use, is there replacements for those words?
0: No, there are no replacements. Don't say it. Don't think it. Don't say it and don't think (laughs) it. Or, Or think that instead of me saying, all women are like this right? Well, just that person was like that, right? Or all men are like that. Well, just that man was like that, right? Um, So, make something that was too broad into something a little more specific.
1: Yes. Did you say that the thoughts are... We don't originate thoughts and they come through our subconscious.
0: That's right. And remember your thoughts are not yourself. Your thoughts are a product of the brain and your brain is a part of the body. You are a soul. You are not your body. It's put gold basically. You are not your brain. Your subconscious (laughs) delivers thoughts to your conscious mind saying, Hey, how about this one? How about this one? You don't want to think about that one. How about this one? A constant stream of that. Okay. And you have the ability to let those go. It's very hard. To not pay. Oh, uh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So the body originates (laughs) thought. The body originates thought,
1: correct. Okay. So the, the, we we said thought came to my mind. Okay. My is obviously not uh, a good connection there. Right. Thought came to your mind. Thought came to the body, body's mind. Let's say that. The body originated the thought and fed it to a different part of the body. Correct. So at some point of time, is this thought originated in the, in the mind? Of the body that you are, the soul is, is part of, or soul is lying into. Which we I, right. I don't have the I don't have the right vocabulary, but the body has originated the thought, and that body
0: is trapping that soul.
1: Okay, so at some point of time, the my point is that thought did not. We usually say mind thought avi, or it came through it. It actually is body is yeah. originating the thought. Yes, right. so the mm-hmm. so soul has ability to destroy or or prevent that thought. That's right. There has been people,
0: I have not experienced this in my meditation practice, but people I trust and that have told me the truth in other circumstances have told me there is such a thing as experiencing without thinking. Okay. And so whenever they're engaged in this process, whatever it is, okay, they have come to a state where they're experiencing without thinking. And it's so hard for us to imagine because we're thinking all the time. Just like the heart, the job of the heart is to pump all the time. It cannot not pump. The job of your brain is to think all the time. It cannot not think. We can't imagine what it will be like so to not think.
1: It may come, but you you are not attached to the thought. Yeah. It, You're like a letting Again, it. you instantly letting it. It's all in theory, I've never, no one, I mean, I, many anyone I've has never been able to do it, but if you're able to watch the thoughts like a movie that's just going on for 48 minutes, that's when you would take, I mean, that's the whole point, but it's very hard to do that. You have to watch it like a movie. It just comes, you don't, don't feel attached to it.
0: Right, I would liken it to when, um, let's say, a Tirthankar has shed all his karma, and he's still in the body, because he hasn't ascended to Moksha <laughs> yet, and so he's still telling us about Jainism, What they say happens is certainly he attracts karma but he instantly gets rid of it right so just like that you there's a thought that occurs but you instantly get rid of it you don't give it any attention at all but you cannot prevent these thoughts from occurring. right all
1: right if i can add to that so we did say our mind has ability to create the thought right no you so let's get rid of the word mind okay okay
0: there's the soul and there's the brain Okay, And the soul provides what we call awareness. And you have an ability to control which thoughts you give awareness to. You don't have the ability to control the origination of the thoughts.
1: Do you call it conscious? What do you just refer to?
0: Yes. So the soul is the reason that you are conscious. That's right. And the existence of the soul is proven by the hard problem of consciousness. We have not yet solve the hard problem of consciousness because scientists don't want to say that the
1: answer is the soul. Mm-hmm. I, so the one thing I, I remember, and I've studied some, the thought creates destiny. Your thought creates your own destiny. Uh, and if I remember correctly, I need to look, up, look that up again. But it's been a while. I, so what i am thinking is, rather than if I have ability, I would replace those thoughts that I don't think are important Or, you know, we're talking about non-attachment, right? And get attachments to, in a way it's attachment, but I mean, obviously until we get to that stage where it became completely non-attached, I would attach myself to the thoughts that takes me to the right destination. Which is Nib for example. Absolutely. Right? So that is what I'm trying to think, that if I have ability to originate the thought in this body, not in the soul, obviously, then I will originate, I'll... Attach myself to the thought that will take me to a level that I don't have to attach (laughs) Okay,
0: so we're letting the semantics get in the way of the little bit. When we say thought creates destiny, that's a nice little saying. But what it more accurately should be is the thoughts you give attention to create the destiny. You're getting a little bit confused because I told you you don't have the ability to originate your thoughts. You have the ability to pick which thoughts to pay attention to. So the phrase, the technical correct phrase should be the thoughts you give attention to create your destiny. Okay. Got it. And that's where you got a little bit mixed up, but that, but that's not as fun to say as thoughts create destiny. That's a good
1: one. Thank you for, for clearing it up for me.
0: Sure. No problem. Other questions. We talked about, uh, material attachments, personal attachments, that is attachments to our relationships. And we just got finished talking about attachment to our thoughts, which is the hardest one. Okay, so how do we stop um, feeling this attachment? What kind of weapons can I give you? Um, And remember, this is not something you're going to do in your next life. This is something you can do today to increase the quality of your life right now because the whole purpose of this class is to take Jainism outside of classroom and increase the quality of your life using Jain principles. First, stop looking for happiness in external things. This phone isn't going to cause me happiness. This computer isn't. This mouse isn't, uh, nothing Nothing external to yourself can bring you happiness. It's easy to say, and everybody knows that happiness comes from the inside. But it's hard to believe. It's hard, like, have your actions today comported with that? No, then you probably don't believe it. It's easy to say, but it's hard to be, believe that happiness only comes from the inside. And that if you are trying to... Everybody knows, you know, if you're trying to find your happiness in drinks or in food or in um, material possessions, you're trying to fill a hole that can never be filled inside of yourself. It's very cliche to say that, but it's very true. That is, if you find happiness in these things, there's something within you that's not right that you need to work on. (laughs) Let go of the should and must language. This is what creates that expectations. If you're... A lot of times, you know, we think my life shouldn't be going like this. I never wanted it to go like this, you know, and that causes us unhappiness. And a lot of times with us, it's like, I had this idea of how, how I wanted my family to be right. And my kids aren't like that. <laughs> my kids didn't ask to be born. They didn't ask to do anything. Right. But they're interfering with uh, what I thought my family should be. And I got to let go of that. I, my family, it is what it is, you know. My kids have these problems and I got to work with that. It's not what I wanted for my family, it's what it is for my family. And that's causing me unhappiness because I'm attached to that idea of, I started the family and I wanted it to be like this and it's not like that and it's causing me a lot of unhappiness. So let go of the expectations of your life. You can still have goals, you can still work toward those goals, I think you should. But those expectations of how you thought things should be, Um, We got to get rid of those, okay? Number three, practice allowing. A lot of times, this is a little bit tied to the last one. We don't allow things to be. We don't allow things to be how they are. We rather, we want to manipulate them to be how we think they should be. And our kids are the number one example, right? We don't like just allow them to be kids. We don't allow situations to unfurl. You know, we, when something happens at work, A lot of times we're all probably old enough that we have learned the lesson. Like if if something happens at work and like you see somebody's going to make a mistake, the best thing you can do is nothing. Okay. The best thing you can do is to let them make the mistake and you have no part of it. Because guess what? You say, hey, it doesn't work like that. You're making a mistake. They get mad at you. Right. And then they do it anyway. And the thing blows up in their face. And then they tell someone else it was your fault. Right? you came in and you, if he didn't butt in, then this would have gone correctly. Right? It's like that in your life too. Like, just let it happen. Just allow things to happen without you participating in, even if you know what's right, you know, what's wrong, you know what it should be. You're just going to get yourself into trouble if you try to mess with things. If you try to mess with how your life is unfurled. Uh, Number four, make friends with uncertainty. This goes back to what we were talking about. Um, we don't know how things are going to end up. My life would be very less stressful if I knew I was going to die at a particular time and then I could just not worry about it until then, right? I could just live in the present moment because I, that was taken care of. I wouldn't have to worry about it, right? So, but we can't. So we have to live with this uncertainty of our day-to-day life and we have to be comfortable with it. A lot of people are not uncomfortable with not knowing how things will end up. These are the people that read the back of the book first, right? And they say, oh, okay, now that I know how it ends, I can enjoy reading the book, right? Well, we have to live that. Some, And if you take it to an extreme, these are disorders, right? Anxiety disorders that these people are not exactly, they're not in control of every situation they put themselves in. So they don't put themselves in those situations at all. And it could be as simple as, going out to buy groceries, right? Some people get very anxious about that because they don't know, you know, I I have trouble like when I'm in a meeting, I over-prepare, right? Because I don't know how it's gonna go. Or if I have to make a phone call, I might put it off because I don't feel like talking to anybody or whatever, right? But we have to live with that. And once we live with that uncertainty, we can be more confident and we can um, uh, take actions to achieve our goals. We have to be uh, comfortable with uncomfortableness. Number five, learn to observe your thoughts and feelings. I've been banging on this drum for quite a while. I've been banging on the mindfulness drum. I've been banging on the meditation drum. Um, uh, I don't think you'll need to hear that much from me anyway. But this is another way that, You'll get to the same place from different avenues. So if you just worry about non-attachment, you'll get to the same place. If you just worry about observing your thoughts and feelings, you're going to get to the same place. If you just worry about I'm going to be as truthful as possible in my life, you're going to get to the same place. Um, number six, we see how transient things are. This is a tough one. You know, what did it for me was I learned like a lot about history, and I learned that. My life is incredibly stable compared to the life of basically 100% of everybody who has ever lived. That is, they lived, most people live with more uncertainty than I could ever experience in my life. Like, they live with people invading their towns and they have to go to a new place. That might have been like a yearly occurrence, you know. They live with not knowing where to find food. They live with not knowing what the next source of violence would be in their life. Um, and so, when we're a little bit unlucky compared to those people, because it's easy for them to see how transient life is. It's easy for them to see that it doesn't matter what kind of phone I have. If I have any phone, I'm lucky, right? It's easy for them to see. It doesn't matter what my next meal is. If I have any food, I'm lucky, right? It's hard for us to see that because we have very good lives. We have a very good quality of life. We have a very stable life. So. This is where I challenge you to see how, and you can see how transient life is in a couple of ways. For me, it was history, right? For you, it might be to learn about how different people are living now, how people not in your community or not in your circumstances are living. See how transient life is for them. For some people, animals are a big one, right? Animal can die in the next hour. Well, why does the animal continue to live? because the animal lives in the present moment. The animal is certainly aware he could die in the next hour or the next minute, but that doesn't stop the animal from experiencing whatever joy or sadness or happiness is available to him or her right now, right? So some people see that, believe in the transientness when they look at the animal kingdom. So there's lots of different ways to do that. So questions or comments about that? I gave you six ways to how to, six weapons you can use to not be attached to your um, thoughts, your relationships, and material things. Can you you summarize them again, please, just that I keep in the line? Six thoughts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We don't look for happiness um, externally, we just do it inside, number one. Number two, we let go of this language that we use about should and must. Number three, we practice allowing things. We practice allowing things to be. Number four, we uh, get comfortable with being uncertain how things will be. Number five, we observe our thoughts and feelings. And number six, we ponder on the transitoriness. Trans- of <laughs> Thank you to everybody joining us online. Um, feel free to chime in if you have questions. questions or comments about anything we talked about?
1: Just one so uh, you mentioned something about non-attachment right or how things should be or must be and we should stop doing that but when things happen that way you get a lot of positive thoughts which you can pay attention to which will eventually help you becoming a better person. right? So sometimes yes I know that we should not do that but when we put an effort to do it that way, like, okay, things should be this way or things should be that. Way. Like for example, I want to be here tomorrow, today morning at nine thirty, so that my kids can do the puja. Mm. That's an expectation I have, and if I try to fulfill that, eventually my kids can do the puja, and eventually we'll be happy that yes, we were able to do that, and that enforces more positive thoughts somehow, which is unconscious mind is feeding into my conscious mind. So. Wouldn't that be okay to keep it that way, that yes have some expectations and try to fulfill it, or completely detach yourself?
0: So you're correct. And I'm making a distinction between our goals and our expectations. That is, I think that's great. If you want to say, I had this experience where this didn't happen. Like, let's take your example. I want to be at a certain time, be at the temple at 930 for Puja because today I came late, so tomorrow I want to do that. Well, you're setting a goal and you're rearranging your life to meet that goal. I think that that's great. That's not, I'm making a difference between that expectation that causes suffering about, and that's mainly about things we can't control. Like, um, because the expect, ex- expectations about things we can control are great to make us change our actions into fulfilling our goals. But expectations about things we cannot control only cause us suffering. So you're right. The distinction is let's not have expectations about things we cannot control. But guess what? We can't control a lot of things that we think that we can control. I can't control, um, the way my family is. I can't control other people when they dri- when they're driving on the road. I can't control what they do. I can only control what my car does on the road. And so I think that's the distinction. Okay, thank you. Let's not have expectations about things we cannot control. Okay,
1: that,
0: thank you, that helps. Yeah. Other comments or questions? Okay, we have a little time, so for everybody that was late and that I gave a plastic bag to, um, let's do this experiment again, okay? Let's take a $20 bill out of your wallet. Oh. <laughs> 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 for anybody, for anybody else. Okay, don't feel like now, caring, we're, we're talking about non-attachment, so <laughs> let's mind. see what it looks <laughs> like, okay? In fact, we don't actually see that it's a green piece of paper, like paper with green ink on it, because it's so ingrained in our brain that this represents value. Right? And let's take a look at it. Okay, and for people that didn't rip up their money, let's try it again. <laughs> Alright? Let's see if we'll see if we can rip it up, okay? We will give it to someone. (laughs) (laughs) I will put it in (laughs) Bandar and. No, that's not the deal. That is not the deal. Uh, This is it. This is where the rubber meets the road on non (laughs) attachments. Okay, you you thought that this was going to be, oh, let's come into class and let's go, let's kill some time. But no, this is the deal. Let's try to get, you know what's coming now. You know what's coming, right? Let's look at it and see how it makes (laughs) us feel. We We had about two people rip up bills last time. Okay, so we had about two people rip up bills last time out of, you know, maybe seven or eight. Okay, and so let's look at it and think about how you feel about it. How do you feel about this money?
1: When I look at it, I actually look at what can I purchase with it.
0: Right. Exactly. (laughs) Right. What am I losing? You don't see a piece of paper,
1: do you? No, of course not. Take inflation in mind, (laughs) It might have a value something today, but tomorrow it might not be worth $10. (laughs) Okay. Now imagine,
0: now put your fingers on the top as if you were going to rip it up.
1: Let's do a
0: finger. Okay. Now, how do you feel about it? So for the people going through this the second time, how do you feel about it? You know what's coming.
1: You're like losing works. a piece of something.
0: You're losing Art. a piece of something. You're losing your labor that you put into this, right? To earn this, yeah. right? That's uh,
1: everything you you're pay. losing, losing our your kids labor, right? to do. More no. taxes, I have paid. Come <laughs> on, no, I actually think about what I'm going to lose when I can use it
0: for. Right.
1: Not my labor,
0: but right? but I'm telling you, even if your idea is you'd rather put this money in the donation box at the Jane Center, I'm telling you this is worth more if you rip it up right now. Okay, go ahead, rip it up.
1: Do I have some more? I'm gonna take that dollar. Lucky for me, mine was a tens. <laughs> I don't know twenty. Hey. Oh, we go.
0: Here. Here. Okay. Go. So, so how it did feel it feel ripping it up? Done. Did anybody feel ah, good yeah. ripping up their money? Here we go. I want to Oh, okay, oh, great. Okay. Got the plastic bag? Well, put the unripped bill in the plastic okay. bag for me, because that's to be marked, that's marked to be ripped uh, up whenever yeah. you're so ready. Just one there question. You How am I going to explain this? of the class? How are you <laughs> going to explain it? Out? You can say, I went to this dad's class and I ripped up my money. I'm sorry. Okay. See, see, you can tape that back together. See, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> see, you just ripped it up once. You okay. T- tape, yeah, yeah, there you it go. Yeah. Okay, so now put this money if in this plastic bag. <laughs> <laughs> no, <my. laughs> and now, That's what how the
1: question is: I'm not going to explain this outside of the class. Exactly. Did
0: anybody <laughs> feel bad? It's okay to feel bad.
1: Yeah. Okay to feel bad now. Yeah. Yeah? I feel bad. Yeah. After yeah. first, no, I'm sure. a speed of paper now. Let's keep doing it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Did anybody feel good? That you know they were able to do this without it controlling them.
1: Anybody feel good? That's okay. Well, I, I'd like to share an experience on non-attachment. So, you know, I didn't do it right now, but what there were two things that, that helped me do it when we were in the um, uh, protest in December. Uh, there was a people coming forward and giving them jewelries mm-hmm. away. And it's like, you know, you know you're know you doing it for a good cause and you feel like you're doing it for a uh, bhandar, right? I mean, here you, you feel like, okay, you're tearing it up and not putting it into bhandar. But I think it's a great exercise where our donation that we have that the system is set up is based on that to me. And it was pretty compelling at that point and says, okay, we give up. I mean, it's something that you have on yourself and you want to give that up. Uh, It's very similar to this exercise that, you know, you're a donation. There's a collection going on for the new temple or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, and you gave up, you know, thousands of dollars, just thinking that this is really not, Something that I'm going to carry with me when I'm going to the next pub. So, why to be attached to it?
0: Right. Other questions or comments? Well, thank you for attending today. It's good to be back in person. Um, it's great to see everybody again. Thank you for everybody who came in online, too. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
1: you.